Hey everyone, welcome to episode 24 of the Convergence Podcast. I'm your host Siddhartha Valuri and in this episode, I had a chance to talk to CEO and co-founder of Indifolio Network, which is India's largest platform for creative professionals. And in this conversation, Kavan gave some great insights about what it takes to succeed as a creative professional in today's market, the various trends he has observed over the past couple of years, as well as the origins of how the website and platform came to be. This episode is slightly different as instead of an artist and a creative, I was able to talk to somebody who is actively building these platforms, which allows thousands of us to interact and share our passion. I think there were some amazing insights to take away from this conversation. So I hope you all really enjoy this episode and let's go. All right, Kavan, thanks a lot once again for coming on the podcast. Um, like I was telling you earlier, I wanted to hear from somebody who is involved in building these communities and interacting with so many artists as well as studios and companies on a pretty much daily basis. So for the audience who may not know who you are, maybe you can introduce yourself first and then we can get into stuff. Thank you so much. That I think, uh, uh, pleasure to be here. Looking forward to our chat and, uh, I, I've, I, like I was just mentioning, I went through all the fantastic folks you have. So I think from your programming and curation point of view, it's a little different. Uh, so I really hope that this comes out to be a session, which is a value to your audience. But uh, for everybody who doesn't know me, um, I'm Kavan and me along with my team uh, have been building a community for creative professionals for the last uh, over six, six years now, actually. We launched in 2015. And uh, the entire idea was to actually help the Indian creative community get access to opportunities. Mm -hmm. So if you are a graphic designer, a UI UX designer, an animator, a photographer, in any, essentially, if you have a portfolio, which you need to use to showcase your merit, we focus on you. We focus uh, on getting you access to job opportunities, to uh, networking opportunities uh, and so on. So. Uh, we have over 70,000 uh, creative professionals as part of our platform today. We host over 100,000 plus portfolios. Uh, we work with a bunch of companies. We help them hire people. We help uh, various companies even access our community and talk about their brand, talk about their products and services as well uh, in front of our community. So yeah, th those are the bunch of things which uh, we've been doing. So one thing that was really interesting for me to observe from the outside was that you were catering to a wide cross-section of creative individuals. It wasn't just illustrators or UI, UX. It was essentially covering the entire spectrum. Was that a goal of yours right from the beginning or did that just eventually grow as the platform grew larger? Well, to be very candid with you, um, what we initially did, this is when, you know, I was just uh, entering college is when I was also starting uh, IndieFolio. Uh, uh, so at that point in time, being very honest with you, we didn't, think through uh, the point of focus at that at that stage it was about creating something for creative professionals now I was an animator right I mean I am an animator uh, don't professionally do projects these days but uh, as an animator I was very keen to focus on animation graphic design in UI UX these were things I was also doing mm -hmm. so naturally because of the folks I knew we ended up focusing on that and funnily speaking those are still three strong pillars of our community today um, and that's how we started off. Uh, but you know, we were also a show, we are also a showcase platform for a lot of folks. So yeah, a lot of organic people organically come and they put up their work. 
you'd also know a lot of creative professionals start doing something and end up doing something else mm-hmm. so even because of that we've been a mature like it's been a 6 7 years since we've been having folks on our platform they have also you know expanded their skills pivoted changed things etc and that's why today you'll see some uh, you'll see a lot of variety on the platform i think if i if i'm not wrong uh, we've got like over 90 skills uh, in the design and creative domain listed on the platform so we've got people doing tattoos to 3d to websites and so on wow that's even a, stop motion sculpting etc to yeah sorry yeah that's an absolutely wide spectrum and i guess the interesting thing is that for people potentially who want to hire or even get inspiration they have like such a interesting selection of people to go through and yeah i mean i always think like a 3 year or a 5 year litmus test for websites is a good point whether they'll really survive beyond that and now that you've crossed that threshold it's safe to say that the website will continue growing from this point onwards and now i didn't I think know for us if i can add there you know i think mm-hmm. community is something building the indian creative community is something we are very proud of mm-hmm. i think uh, we've done a fab job there it's not just an online presence we have but we build great local communities mm-hmm. so before the pandemic we were doing like like 50 60 events you know virtual and offline across cities in the country and when we saw people coming meeting our our masters our 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 team as well we could see they were so excited because uh especially in a lot of parts of india it's still difficult for you to meet a, a ton of like minded people if you're in mumbai bangalore you'll feel like ha huh, you know <laughs> there are people around and uh, everybody's happens to do this but the moment you go to tier 2 tier 3 they 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 love the fact that hey somebody successful has come in and they're ta- talking to me how this can be a fantastic career so those events have been very valuable uh, for us so i just thought you know i'd love to mention that it's not just the online platform but a lot of you know uh, efforts we've taken to actually build a community from the from the ground level no that's absolutely a very true thing because i know you guys have this ongoing hex code competition which even i took part in 2 years back in 2019 so there <laughs> you know as part of the top 5 we get to interact with the mentors and stuff so there's a great opportunity for people so that's great that you've gone and done that so i didn't know that you were an animator before this and that's a pretty interesting thing so how do, i mean how did you get yourself to a point where you're developing websites because that's a completely different skill set well um, i didn't develop any of it uh, mm-hmm. even today i don't know uh, coding uh, <laughs> well um, i think when it comes to creating an a, a tech enabled business right um creating the website which is actually coding is coding it is only a part of what you really need to make it successful mm-hmm. right uh if you take a if you take a deeper step there's a product you know website is um a, a, an execution but what is the product essentially which involves various things from the whole pricing to the go to market to your positioning to the tech of course your features and even if you go deeper than that you have a business to run so right you you think of maybe a specific uh, feature which becomes a, a a wholesome product which then ends up becoming an entire business so um i think i personally was always very passionate about uh, you know being entrepreneurial in nature mm-hmm. um and i just loved creating things so that's how i kind of stumbled upon you know uh, this idea and when it came to me actually building it out i of course wireframed a bunch of things on photoshop <laughs> for the website <laughs> about 6 7 years ago looked quite ugly to be very honest with you uh but um, i i had uh, extremely supportive parents who 
uh, told me that you know I was like you know I I don't want to go to any fancy colleges. I I actually want to try and see if this this works out for me. I remember I had got I was considering going to Vancouver Film School, and I kind of had an option. And uh, it's a you know like it's a hefty, expensive uh, you know thing you take up uh, if you want to go there and study. And I remember thinking that hey, what if I first experiment with this while doing you know a business commerce degree, because I want to definitely build a business, and I can parallelly deepen my skills and let's see what happens. And during that time, indie folio is what stuck to me. We, we actually started off as Banana Bandy. That was the original name. Oh, uh, and uh, we can come on that later on. But yeah, so uh, that is when I stumbled upon that. And at that juncture, um, I was able to. I was very grateful, and I'm, I'm extremely happy that I have the privilege to go to my parents and them supporting me, saying, "Hey, here is some money. You can go and probably help hire a bunch of people." And so I did that. I I requested, and they were very happy to support me. I'm the only child, by the way. <laughs> so I went ahead. I uh, you know found a bunch of really cool folks, and um, uh, we outsourced the entire tech in the start initially, mm-hmm. completely done. And uh, my co-founder Shashank actually, uh, he, he was my college senior, and even he uh, you know uh, came on board. And uh, as of now, Shashank handles our entire uh, product as well. Okay. So while we don't have uh, the specific knowledge of the coding languages to ship something, uh, we've understood the user very well, the customer very well. We understand how the technology can help them very well, and I think Shashank definitely has a great way to even translate that information to a bunch of coders and developers who can bring our vision to life. So yeah, that's how we ended up, you know, building and even maintaining the platform we have today as non-tech folks. Wow, that's pretty interesting. I mean, just the way you're describing the website and the business side of things, it's quite clear that you understand the multiple facets that go into running and shipping a product. So, how did you learn these marketing skills and business skills? Was it something that's part of your family, or did you pick it up along the way? My parents are doctors, uh, actually, uh, a doctor and a lawyer. Uh, okay. So, not really. Nobody really had a business. So, it didn't come from family. I think. Um, YouTube was fantastic, and it is. It continues to be fantastic. Um, uh, some of my favorite things to just kind of you know binge on was how to start your startup. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Y Combinator. Uh, it's it's fantastic. You've got legends teaching you how to do everything from coming up with an idea to building a product to hiring the right people, uh, and doing marketing and go to market etc. And there is also uh, a fantastic series which. Uh, uh happens on greylock partners uh it's greylock uh, is the channel's name you can even check that out so mm-hmm. i think consuming that kind of content was great um and um i mean it's cliched but you really learn by doing when you're a young entrepreneur right um when you put th- things out there you you have to have the maturity to understand that it sucks and why it sucks and politely understand and ask feedback and implement that I think a uh, a constant process of doing that uh, honestly is the best way to learn uh, because whatever marketing studies are out, strategies are out there you always have to find a differentiating tactic right uh, which helps you build something valuable for your customer and even reach your customer in an efficient manner and as far as i know there isn't any other website of this type in india specifically catering to the local artist community was that something that you were aware of right at the beginning or have you just dominated the market at this point well i think the market's huge as that i think um, there are a lot of people out there i mean you know what was very exciting was 
in spite of Behan's dribble and LinkedIn having such a huge foothold, they're like decade or more over, over a decade old websites. Mm-hmm. We still got such good reception. Told me that you know what, this is a huge market. It's not like there's going to be like one person who's going to like win everything because there are a bunch of things. Also, when we started off there, I can't recall anybody else being out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there were one two companies I think uh, uh, out there, but uh, right now we we've seen a bunch of folks building communities. Uh, uh, in the country. Well, maybe arguably not everybody does what we do in the entirety. I think there are a lot of good folks doing some really good things for community building for sure today uh, in India. And uh, recently also more marketplaces have cropped up which uh, can help you. So if you're a designer in India, it's like the best time for you to do your business man. Like Absolutely. there are people who are just out there for free giving you work, <laughs> helping you meet the right folks and educate and upskill yourself. So yeah. Yeah, it's such a fascinating thing, right? Because as an artist, you're in this a certain frame of mind where you're developing a certain type of skill. But the moment you're running a business, there are so many more things involved in terms of the risk management. And so I'm just curious, did you ever feel like early on the business isn't going to work out or were there moments? I'm sure there are moments like these in any company's life. Yeah, I think, um, I, I, I don't think we ever thought that we're going to like, die completely it's gonna shut mm-hmm. uh sometime from now we always knew that that may happen if we are not smart about this or proactive about this the pandemic for example was uh quite tough earlier on um so that always happens there you know there's always it's like a roller coaster right things go up things go down all the time mm-hmm. so and those moments are the ones where you actually get a lot of insights right uh, if you are able to get your head right uh, in the right direction you'll realize that why did you end up here? What all mistakes did you take? Um, and, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think some people may think that it's a bad thing also. I think it's a good and a bad thing. You really can't give an excuse. Um, you know, if you if you probably aren't enjoying your job, maybe there's something wrong with your boss or your company's culture. Uh, if you're, you know, probably interact with a client, maybe the clients an idiot. But if you're an entrepreneur, all of it is your mistake. You know, uh, you are the one who got that team together you are the one who decided to onboard that client you are the one who said that uh, you said who didn't argue when uh, a decision was being made and when the decision became bad it's probably your fault as well so mm-hmm. i think uh, you know when you make mistakes as an entrepreneur i think it's a great great insight into uh, yourself and you can really understand you know what you didn't do right so you can improve that for the future Yeah, I love the fact that you're talking about that aspect of ownership because even as a designer, ownership is so important in terms of what you're creating, how you're curating your own work as and even more so when you're dealing with clients. And now that I'm talking with you, I mean, and this is the first time that we're talking in person. So it's quite interesting, even in terms of the way you're communicating your ideas, I think it's quite clear and focused and I have come to the realization after talking to quite a few different artists and students over the last year and a half or so that not everyone is that good at communicating their thoughts. I'm just curious, how have you kind of developed this way of focusing in on a particular thought over time? Um, I'll tell you, right. I think maybe there's something in my genes somewhere because my dad speaks like really well, even my family members do, but like, in school, I used to be so afraid to even, you know, stand up and say something mm-hmm. and even give an answer. My my really close friends would definitely endorse that and validate that. Um, 
I think for me to really get over that uh, was confidence in what I'm saying, man. Like mm-hmm. if I were to, you know, maybe even today if I were to go and say a script somewhere, I, I'd be nervous. I have been nervous when I especially do, you know, these long uh, programming things where I'm the host. Like I get a little nervous because I have to introduce people in a certain way. And if I forget something, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? It's reduced because, you know, I've been, it's practice and now it's like something I've been doing. But when I'm confident, like when I'm pitching in the folio, right? When I'm pitching uh, something which I've been literally working really hard on, uh, I know that I'm, if I'm, you know, I probably am right <laughs> what I'm about to say because it's it's something I've built from ground up. So when you have that attachment, right, you automatically get confidence, um, right? So I think confidence is key. You may not be very good with your articulation, but if you're confident in your tonality, people will pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so and confidence only comes, you know, like I said, if you if you if you genuinely believe in what you're doing is right. And I think then it shouldn't be a much of a, a bit of a problem. Like uh, for me, even it was very shocking that um, I, I had this issue of speaking up of, of I had this fear of public speaking. And when I was out there, I remember one of the earlier years, uh, we had gone to MIT, ID, me and Shashank. And we were talking to, I think, the third or fourth year students, right? So they are okay. older to us at that point. And probably Shashank's age, actually, or similar. So we're going there and talking to them about, you know, Indiefolio. And I remember when that session was happening, I was quite, uh, I was quite confident in the way I was talking. And in my head, I was like, oh, cool, I'm able to do this. This is great. So even that's when I started realizing that, you know what, if you prep and if you're confident and if you believe in what you're saying, things will automatically flow out of the mouth. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and the reason I'm kind of diving into some of these aspects are because these are things that artists try to or tend to avoid, like at least a majority of them, like the things about finances, things about business, communication, because you just want to focus on the craft. And I genuinely believe that these things can boost the quality of an artist far, far more than just the work itself. So I guess that leads me to the next topic that I wanted to talk about, which is building a team itself when it comes to running a website. You mentioned earlier that you got a certain seed amount from your parents to invest in a particular team, but how did you pick the people who designed the layouts, who designed the logo? And then you also mentioned that the branding changed at a certain point. Maybe let's go into that. Sure. So um, I think um, Shashank and me uh, uh, always hit it off quite well. Shashank's my co-founder, just uh, just reiterating that. So uh, he was my senior in college and um, while I had, uh, you know, kind of thought of this idea because I'm an animator myself, I want to do something about the creative community. I remember that, um, you know, I, I, I was taking advice from somebody who's been in the whole, you know, VC uh, space. It's like, you should probably look for a co-founder mm-hmm. uh, because uh, it's going to be a tough ride. And I remember at that point in time, I was like, who's, who's literally the smartest person I know? And that was Shashank. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he was actually the president. We worked together. I was like the designer and he was obviously the president of the whole club. Mm-hmm. So whenever any initiative happened, I was taking approvals from him, you know, uh, for my designs, etc. Making videos and stuff. Element 3D had come out, I remember. So I was like really into, you know, creating anything in 3D. <laughs> just put stuff and just render it out. Uh, so um, uh, that's how, you know, me and Shashank actually started working together. And I think not a lot of thought went in that, to be very honest with that. I think it was more like I said, the first person who came into my mind was him. So we started working together and um, over the years, we've uh, always found people. I mean, I think 
culture is a very important aspect right and i wouldn't say i knew about all of this in the start um you were trying to figure out you we were also hiring for the first time it mm-hmm. was as nervous as me i think doing the first interview as it must have been for the applicant maybe maybe that person was less nervous because i have never really done this i have never i had never even worked in a job right. i've been given an interview so i was like okay i'm going to look google it youtube it see what's the best practices i'm going to experiment and see what happens so that's what i did initially um but i think you know the rule of thumb is to get people who are very driven who are very entrepreneurial who are very flexible in the start because things are changing you 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 will keep on shifting your goal post and you know what a lot of people say you shouldn't do it but it it will definitely happen if you're doing something quite different which has not been done before uh and um, uh you'll have to constantly figure things out uh obviously you need to be very aware and that's something i think we needed we improve we have improved upon uh, me and shashank and generally the whole management of the indie folio that um, we have to uh, do a, fair, a very good understanding we have to we have to get a lot of clarity uh while we onboard somebody so we know exactly what the final aim is going to be uh but more or more or less i think anybody who's very flexible who's okay with um these things going up and i mean you know things changing on a quarter to quarter basis uh and is not necessarily scared by you know who necessarily doesn't want just stability to be happy uh would be a big choice and then of course being entrepreneurial in nature and having ownership and really caring uh, for your own output not because the company will give you a thumbs up but because you want to ensure that no i if i am doing something it has to be great mm-hmm. that attitude is great it's hard to find that and it's not always a must but if you're able to convince people who have the attitude to come to you i think you'll definitely you don't have to worry about that person then he or she is going to do a fantastic job you have to do a good job of ensuring that you retain this person in your company uh so yeah, i think those are you know just some uh, rough rule of thumbs which people follow and even we have that's interesting i mean especially not having worked in a job and essentially directly hiring people that's a pretty interesting turn of events which you won't really understand how to approach it early on i guess Absolutely. like uh, if if i had to make at gunpoint a decision i'd love to be like no you know i hope i had done a job or two i hope i had done an interview or two and maybe even worked in a company for some time before doing these things because mm-hmm. uh, i don't think i messed up a lot um but i think i could have done a much uh, you know better job if i was just more aware and had that exposure but that also you know you get jaded so it has its own cons that's true uh, but i think overall uh, i've seen myself improve you know when it comes to making a team uh, and i think if i had done that before in a company at a very low risk rather getting incentivized and paid to do that that would have been great <laughs> fascinating so you were uh, let's just go into that branding change because i think that's quite a fascinating thing Hmm. firstly why was that choice done i mean what was the reasoning behind that well um, so i'll really firstly why we call it banana bandy i don't even know what you think about it like at that point in time we were very very like yeah it's different let's do it um i still have people who tell me why did you change the name <laughs> <laughs> but i personally felt that it's a good thing we changed the name so mm-hmm. um, banana bandy was actually called that because i was like they're making something for the creative community so banana as in not the fruit but banana as in kuch banana hai in hindi oh okay <laughs> and bandy <laughs> yeah and bandy uh, was something i found in urban dictionary which means exchange right so very loosely put together name um what ended up happening is actually we had a conflict um with somebody in india and they owned the trademark uh, to banana and that's why you know they were not very happy about it so 
we didn't really want to stretch that we were like a nine month old company or something like that i think a year old company sorry uh just starting out there so we were like probably let's change the name and i already had received a lot of uh you know uh, expressions from uh, potential clients uh, what did you say where are you from banana band like oh, banana band okay so i already started getting those you know tone like tonality was already changing very often when i was talking to potential clients so it's always in my mind and i think uh, they just kind of made me uh, guess forced us to change the name and very interestingly uh, when i booked the domain i had also booked indie folio okay. uh, as uh, as an option uh, because i loved the whole independent portfolio uh, part of it and me and shishank are very bullish and independent talent so we were like you know indie folio is a cool name too so yeah i mean when this happened we were like okay we have an option we actually <laughs> i bought it like a year year and a half ago it's called indie folio and even the team really liked it all of us were like yeah this makes and this is a good name let's go with it so that's what happened that's how we ended up you know creating that so it was more of a it it, it wasn't much of a choice honestly speaking uh, okay i could say it was a choice but i think um, uh, because the other option had a lot of risk attached to it monetary uh, risk as well you we were like let's not let's not delve into that as a one year old company well it's so interesting i mean for people who are coming across your website for the first time today they wouldn't have any idea these kind of changes have happened over the course of the company's history so it's great that these stories are coming up and i mean i personally like the ring of indifolio quite a bit like you said the independent portfolio aspect of it it's a it's a good sounding name and it's a shorter name as well which is easier to communicate so that makes a difference too definitely um so earlier we were talking about you know those communities that you guys have built in different cities online competitions and stuff maybe let's just dive a bit in, deeper into that and starting with hexcode itself because that's the longest running competition that you guys have been doing how did it originate well um what what happened is i think um, i'm i'm if i'm not wrong i think it should be our second year third year mm-hmm. um, when uh, you know we knew in fact we actually did a version of hexcode called design mela in our first year okay. uh, that was uh, design mela by banana bandy <laughs> so we <laughs> when we changed banana bandy we changed everything okay we're going with the entire you know uh, combination of hindi and like a english uh, structure but um, second or third year um, we really wanted to focus more on community building we realized that that's going to be a usp actually of us cause none of these other international platforms can do that uh, at, at at scale at, at in, in a very uh, i'm not talking about community events right i'm not talking about review weeks and portfolio nights etc like a proper programmed event right with the local folks uh, in the country mm-hmm. so uh that's the reason we actually started focusing on it the initially the whole idea was to do a bunch of them uh and see what people feel actually let's see if people even come and um when we decided hexcode was actually a no brainer for us because design mela did damn well uh when we went out to see you know how many people do, even do such creative contests for young people uh there were very few people and you know it's not even like you had like a fee you had to pay to enter the contest or something like that or you had a new brief all together which you had to make mm-hmm. leaving all your job and your projects as a student aside and create something from scratch it was none of that um especially the first you know first version of export so um yeah, initially it was a, a, a contest where you you know um take part in put your work and you get a prize and it happens once a year but then um you know i call call diksha call 
heads uh, you know our entire community he's our chief of business so all the things you see in terms of community building which also happen are under him and um if i'm not wrong it was him uh, who had a very interesting idea to in, instead of doing all creative fields together for that one month let's break it on into the entire year okay and um, again i'm not sure if it was diksha me or him maybe it was all of us we were also wanting to tweak the contest format because we were like you know what we want to really do mentorship at scale we don't really want to go ahead and give you some ipads and stuff like we'll give you that to for sure only uh, but <laughs> we also want to ensure that uh, you know you get uh, you feel great uh, and i think with the new version of hexcode which you are referring to has a ha- has that um, right. which has proven to be very 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 exciting our mentors love working with the community of course the community loves working with an expert in the field to give them feedback on their project hands on feedback on their project right and that's why we've kind of we pivoted to that thing we might even change quite a few things going ahead as well by the way uh, so some exciting uh, interesting things we are working on uh, but uh, yeah i think that's how you know hexcode was uh, as of now like in the biggest differentiator is it's a mentorship focused contest right if you win because there is no top one winner as such i mean you could say there is the mentor favorite but there's a the team is a team of people who uh, get get selected and you get mentorship as your prize uh, aside you also get like some money and some uh, products and stuff but uh, at the end of the day i think you create something awesome with a with a team of really cool people so uh, yeah i think that's how you know we 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 that's how we look at hexcode right now that mentorship aspect is so interesting because i remember i was assigned um, lokesh karakar from mumbai as a mentor and that was the first time i was speaking with him and that was like a very great experience for me because that was like i think the first year of me working professionally as well so awesome. getting to talk to somebody that senior in the industry was like pretty fun experience and i think the cool part is that you get assigned this mentor randomly and you learn more about their work as well as when they are learning about your work so it's like a mutual symbiotic relationship at that point while you have the soul of india theme that's running across the whole thing so how did you decide upon the soul of india concept because that's a pretty integral part of the competition um i think um, this was a while ago um a bunch of people in the team had come up with their own ideas and they were figuring out what should be you know the main thing right now uh because uh, we were you know a creative platform for the country um and because we were so diverse how mm-hmm. can we come up with one theme which a designer and animator a photographer and a filmmaker can do a decent job right um so soul of india was pitched i think internally and we all really loved it we we felt that it just felt like the right thing mm-hmm. uh and uh, we i think it, it did pan out to be quite well loved. the the, the it, it was also very opinionated it was also very open out there right it can be anything yeah. what is your soul of india so because of that reason um, we got a lot of interesting ideas as well so yeah i think you know it was it was a decision um uh, i mean it was very carefully done we had a bunch of ideas we weighed all of them we said which is the most diverse versatile which would which which would be a theme which doesn't stress out somebody saying are yaar ye kya hai you know <laughs> so i think uh, yeah yeah that's how we ended up uh, choosing that fascinating so how do you actually go about um, let's say getting in touch with these mentors convincing them to give them your time because they are professionals working at the highest level how do you get them yeah. to take part essentially well um, i think uh, it's a very underrated technique 
which is called uh, asking <laughs> I, I, I i'm not kidding man i think um, emailing or messaging the 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 person with the right kind of content uh, can make them do anything right like um, for us going to lokesh or or any veteran we've collaborated with before the sell is the community right saying i know you want to give back um but you're busy you're important uh, so you need someone to help you there and we are those guys who will essentially help you mentor somebody mm-hmm. so if you want a mentor let us know very often you know we also tell uh, get a no but it's never a no for sure thing we'll be like hey i'm busy but let's keep in touch and yeah. that's how very often you know we, we they end up approaching us saying hey i'm free now can we do something and we are always more than happy to facilitate that uh so really man it's it's essentially um understanding which people we believe uh, would love to give back would love to you know really uh, mentor a community who 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 enjoy that and just tapping into them and uh, you know um i think the, i think was also very important to discuss is uh, the whole uh, network we have while india's creative community is growing very very quickly it's still small so once you talk to a bunch of really good folks they know other they also know the uh, a bunch of other other people and it's i think it's all about building trust initially yeah so if you are if you make people feel special if you make people valued initially they'll go and tell other friends and hey it's really consider this platform you know so i think it was both of that happening parallelly i love how straightforward it is just ask somebody and they just might say yes 100% i mean even this conversation kind of just happened that way i exactly i noticed i think <laughs> you followed me on instagram and i'm like hey okay kavan antani let's just talk to him and then just kind of started <laughs> yeah. that way i'm a huge fan of your work by the way oh thank you so much thank you so much <laughs> appreciate that um so from the inside you guys are looking at so much work on a daily basis on a monthly basis obviously trends in art change all the time how have you observed trends evolve over the years of running this interesting i think um uh, firstly i think this is obviously personal opinions mm-hmm. um while uh, obviously these are based on the data i have seen in front of my eyes um there is obviously when you talk about what's in demand right right now what's in demand it's social media and which is digital and uh, ui ux will not sound as a surprise to a lot of people listening to this but they remain to be high demanding uh, you know a uh, feels like if you are if you end up being any one of them you you're going to get a gig very easily right everybody's looking for that everybody wants an app everybody wants a website everybody wants to promote themselves on uh, you know digital so there is ton of work out there um so they continue to be that um, when it comes to you know like you mentioned trends well no code is uh, picking up people want to um, create websites and they want to do it easily they want a cms but they want a designer to do it so a wordpress guy or a webflow developer will not be as good as a designer structuring the whole website right wait can you so, just go a bit more into what cms stands for i'm not quite sure yeah so content management system so it's oh. like wordpress you have a backend uh, login so anybody can like you know login and edit the content they don't need a developer to be like push for and all that mm-hmm. so you know webflow uh, wordpress i mean elementor is my favorite i use that and there are a bunch of other ones which have come out um, it's essentially giving anybody the power to create a technology technology enabled applications right um, there is bubble which has been picking up as a 
robust platform it's not just like webflow or elementor but it's a proper production grade no code builder if you can make like instagram on it actually they have a tutorial build instagram through bubble and mm-hmm. you can literally spend a couple of hours follow it step by step and you have instagram ready interesting uh arguably obviously instagram does a lot of stuff behind but you, the feature set can be created by yourself using a no code platform like imagine where we are so that is going to be very crucial for designers to know and nobody like we are moving into a world where they want folks to give turnkey solutions right um so you you have to design and even deliver and the moment you're able to do that you know more people will prefer working with you um so no code builders are on the rise that's something i've seen um so if you're if you're a web designer who does ui dude don't even think like just get on a no code builder i'm sure a lot of you already are and if you're a graphic designer consider it right um second thing which i've been seeing is uh, 3d okay uh, a lot of uh, people are now utilizing 3d in their in, in their workflows like we have even examples of dunzo swiggy in india who are who are using that i think it's it's, it's a huge brands incorporating that 3d says a lot right because i think india mein to always there was this notion that are bachcho ke liye hota hai 3d unfortunately i've had my own relatives say that uh, and it sucks that as a designer as an animator as a indie folio co-founder i i have to hear and have to hear that but it's the reality but now i think uh, you know things are changing 3d is going to be very integral and also there is the whole aspect of uh, making 3d so easy today uh, and making it really realistic is also so easy today um um i i love watching the corridor crew guys if you know about yeah, them yeah i've seen their work uh, like while they have their react videos which are funny uh, i'm always fascinated by the the, the tools they are using right you have apps on your phone which can like you know do an entire mesh of your face you can like port that into blender or or cinema 4d and you have your octanes and these other um, renderers out there i'm sure sorry, sorry i'm a little outdated there red oh, so any which way so you can use them uh, to actually create such fantastic visuals right today it's insane uh, so that's picking up a lot and a lot of folks are demanding more and more 3d mm-hmm. uh, and you won't be surprised i think uh, couple of years from now even the whole vr ar aspect is going to be very crucial and everybody today who's into 3d um is able to adapt to that wave that's going to be very valuable again because that's the new dimension which we'll be looking at right how we bought food how we bought buying food through an app and what's going to happen next is going to be the big experience change don't know how exactly it will be um because it's it's still got its problems but uh, it's definitely happening Uh, so if you are a creative person uh, who, who who understands unreal unity 3d uh, technologies very well this is your time and you should really focus on those aspects and last thing for me would be this rise of ai tools right um i think creative folks more than anybody should embrace that uh instead of being like ah, who uses that i'm going to make 35 layouts myself don't do that man like it makes no sense uh, there are tools today which help you you know uh, create multiple variations of a certain thing as we you know design is a very iterative process yeah so if somebody yeah. out there is helping you make iterations let them do it and then you can be the the brain to choose which one works or which one you can combine uh because your 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 slog work is going away right why wouldn't you want to do that uh, adobe's new suite i think it's all going towards this one day we'll have like this automatic rotoscoping happening right i think it already happened absolutely i extent. mean it is happening to But, an extent yeah even the even the complex shots eventually we'll be able to just eradicate that and imagine a rotoscoper here can be like oh my job is going like no man there's a new 
10 things new are opening and finally you can let go of that and focus on something else um which which is exciting so you can i think it's time for you to upskill as well but yeah using these ai tools and knowing of them uh being aware and experimenting with them would be great uh these are all on your phone also right it's not like there's some uh a slick software out there i think adobe and the other leading ones are incorporating it already so it's going to be easy for you to adapt to them but like a pixart for example right they have a tool where if you got like a pixelated image they can make it more high resolution through ai like they have got these uh, resizing tools built in mm-hmm. which people have no clue about and you must use them uh it'll make your workflow far easier far faster i love this um pro future approach that you have like embracing new tools shifting manipulating and changing as quickly as you can and i think as the average age of designers in india lowers and more younger students and newer artists come into the workforce i think that mentality will open up far more than say 10 years back when they were stuck with the old tools and old models of working essentially um you know how i i've heard this um, when photoshop came, mm-hmm. a lot of people artists were like what the hell is this this exactly. is insane how going to work when um, cell animation was the thing and when keyframes came in people were like dude this is ridiculous i'm never going to do this and all of those guys are probably animators today who are using our tools they've probably unfortunately changed their focus areas because nobody is really hiring them in that quantum so you need to upskill yourself like you can't just be a cell animator you can be please do it you don't need money and a job in the market to validate uh ki cell animation apko karna hai ki nahi you can do it continue doing it but if you want to build a career and make money and work with the market in the industry or in you will have to parallelly upskill yourself and even know that you can't yeah. just know one thing right yeah i think you can't become stubborn about the tools that you're using you should be willing to change and i think that's always right. a good sign in a designer um Absolutely. so obviously the threshold and barrier for entry has reduced drastically over the years but that also means that the competition is far more how do you think people who are just stepping into the professional side of things how do they approach this vast majority of people that they need to compete with to get a job i don't think you should look at other people mm-hmm. um because if you're going to be looking at other people you i mean you can appreciate them but don't look at them and have that um, subconscious jealousy which comes in there i know why i couldn't i also mm-hmm. like good cause you'll always see people who are better than you yeah and uh, there are people who always see people who are worse than them also right you've got those folks as well who think that i'm probably damn good or i'm good than everybody else in front of me because i've never decided to up my game and maybe enter a new league so i personally believe it's not very helpful uh, don't look at the competition i think what you need to focus on is um, look at uh, finding what works for you very very well right it could be a skill it could be a style it could be um, you know uh, a certain way you let's say interact with a client even giving you that any form of a differentiator come up with something interesting and try to validate that don't ask yourself and your friends ask potential customers uh, and validate that is this something which i'm good at or not and then once you are confident that this seems like a focus area for you you just double down on that mm-hmm. right um that's going to be very very crucial for you i think for me we are in we are growing very rapidly are so whatever skill will you've chosen you're going to get gigs but if you want to really excel at them you have to do things which are beyond your 
designs beyond your creative execution it's going to be are you someone who empathizes who's compassionate who is collaborative who is uh, diligent who has ownership who takes accountability are you somebody who can talk business are you somebody who understands metrics um those aspects are going to be very very crucial too so if creative professionals uh, want to be genuinely more um integrated into the company and their company making and their decision making uh, and a lot of people are because design does definitely help you uh, you know push your business in the right direction right mm-hmm. design thinking everybody talks about today which is essentially about apparent your designers think <laughs> which is very true which is very true but um, it's the iterative cycle any which way so i'm i'm digressing so what needs to happen as a designer yourself as a creative person you need to ensure that these skills um you, you you are damn good at uh because if you end up um doing a bad job one day in your execution that's not going to matter that much as you being someone who I can collaborate with as somebody who can't take feedback who can't relay uh, uh you know my information or articulate my information there the way i want to so yeah those are going to be very uh, you know crucial aspects in my opinion for you to really become better at uh, to have a successful career I think that leads me into something that I wanted to talk about and these additional factors or facets that you've spoken about are so important because good work is just expected at this point you don't have to I mean it's like assume that you have good work and then beyond that what else can you provide but then what's the other aspect in terms of how do these people get in touch with the companies how do they make those connections how do they network especially in a situation like we are going through right now where it's physically impossible to go to a company headquarters or something like that well um, good question man i think um, um right now i think we've done a great job of uh, getting a lot of business we're in fact working on a very new uh, on a new product in fact mm-hmm. um we'll be revealing it soon can't talk much about it but sure, it's sure. more focused on the on demand talent right okay so happy to report we gotten bunch of clients to like spend lakhs and lakhs of rupees and put that into our designers bank accounts so i'm very happy i always i'm always very happy when that happens uh how did we do that and how did we get access to these many clients i think i recently even made a video on my instagram uh, and my linkedin about it um getting clients uh, i think you know how i mentioned initially about the focus yeah i think once you have that a rough idea and you know you can change it guys like if you are like hey i don't know if this is the thing no thing is going to be this thing for you okay it's going to always change it should change any which way so once you understand what's that one focus area of yours um this is a technique which we use which, uh, which is something which i definitely endorse right let's say uh, as an example since we are you know talking let's say you're someone who wants to do um 3d motion graphics right for for startups in the country Uh, as an example right so many electronic companies are coming so many new fmcg companies are coming right new startup uh, uh, direct to consumer startup companies are coming mm-hmm. maybe that's an exciting area for you to focus on and and deliver 3d motion graphics that's the level of focus i'm talking about and you better be damn good at it all of this doesn't work if your work is like bad right <laughs> exactly you better be damn good at it okay so once that happens um identify who do you think are the right person people to work with you um it could be uh, you know you, some people may be like i want to work with uh, rockstar games or i want to work with nike directly uh, that may be 
too ambitious. Why would Nike trust you? Do you have enough credibility to work with other consumer brands? Does Rockstar trust you with the enough credibility for you to build something else? Probably not. You could still ace it. And if you want to try it, go for it. Don't be afraid if you get a no or don't be rejected if you get a no. But try it if you want to. Just find their email IDs or Instagram, DM them, LinkedIn, email them, right? It's easy. Um, however, the right people would be folks who probably can't afford an agency, right? Um, but value create, value 3D, value the style and aesthetics you bring to the table, right? Right. Uh, that, that could be a good audience. Who could that be? Think uh, people who've just gotten funding, people who've done some PR about themselves, somebody has acquired somebody, something is happening, they're in the news somewhere, or you just stumble, you just stumble upon them because uh, there is uh, LinkedIn, there is a sales navigator by LinkedIn, there is Crunchbase, they keep on updating companies coming, uh, new, new companies coming, right? Um, explore them see who do you think looks like an interesting and a cool company who you feel founders are smart like you have to put some effort into that yep. you rather spend a week identifying which 100 people are mailing instead of spending 10 hours and mailing 100 people randomly in my opinion as a freelancer right as a freelancer if i was talking to a sales rep who was part of a big organization i'd probably not say that uh but as a freelancer as an as an independent professional you should really focus on finding out who those hundred customers can be, right? Identify them and then start building a connection with them. It could be that you know people in your community who could maybe intro you. Uh, it could be uh, you directly emailing them. I think I do that first, irrespective of me knowing other people. Reach out to them. Um, uh, be shameless uh, in terms of you know, uh, having that cold emailing things like, how can, how can I just randomly email? Yeah. be polite, acknowledge that you're cold emailing him. That works the best. And, hey, uh, you don't know me, but I love what you do. Here is, here is something I really like. And here is something I've done, which you may like, uh, I have done this for other people as well. Uh, if you think that you'd love to talk to me, let's get, let's uh, have a quick chat. And if you don't think so right now, I'd love some feedback. I'd love, I'd love to see how I can keep in touch with you. 9 out of 10 people, maybe 7 out of 10 people won't reply to you. But those 2-3 people will reply to you. Um, I, I mean, if you made 120-30 people will reply to you. So, those are the folks I think, you know, you should try to build a rapport with. They may not even give you a project, but add them on your LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever. If you have a design page, ensure they follow you. Uh, try and send them interesting things in their domain. Like if you're working with, let's say, somebody who's creating, uh, uh, you know, a drink or a beverage. And every time you see something interesting on that, keep on, you know, maintaining that communication line with them. It's work. It's not easy, <laughs> right? It's work. You have to do that, but you should enjoy the whole process. And the moment you start making money with these, with this approach, you will get excitement, mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, yourself. Uh, um, so that's how you will, uh, that's what, that's what I really recommend initially is you find out, you focus on, uh, uh, you, you figure out what you want to focus on, find out who would be hiring you through the internet you can find out who that could be and just reach out to them you know and and try and maintain relationships with them as well oh, those are some amazing tips man because lead generation is such a hard part which a lot of people struggle with so this these tips are quite uh, universally applicable yeah i know to just to talk about that like i think the hard a lot of people have told me the hardest part is finding the email id and all that mm -hmm. or, or who to email right i think i think i should talk about that before that so who to email is a very important you can't go and mail the CEO every time <laughs> or you can't mail the junior designer every time. Those both are bad decisions. Right? Right. Uh, you could ma mail the founder for a company like me, 
which is not very large. Not, not, it's not like I have a marketing and creative department, which is like lots of people. Uh, so that could be a good qualification. The I moment in another few in months, another... it might be too large to get in touch directly with. In your case. <laughs> I hope I'm never that tough to get in touch with, but I really hope yeah, we do reach that scale. <laughs> so thanks for that uh, encouraging. But um, um, uh, yeah, so, you know, if you are mailing anybody who's beyond like 100, 200 employees, reaching out to the top management is probably not a good idea. You'll have your VPs out there who actually run the company. Um, and beyond that, you may want to go to like a manager level person or, a, or somewhere around that level, right? If you're looking at thousands of people. Uh, their roles also important. Are you mailing somebody for design? Are you mailing somebody for marketing? Are you mailing somebody for something else completely? There's a content role also these days which people have. There's a difference between digital and mainland also which people have. So really study. LinkedIn gives you all of this. Uh, so you can literally scan the employees and see who do you think is the best. A lot of people even mention here in their bio key, I'm responsible for new vendor partnerships. If you read that uh, or anything around or, uh, along that lines, he's the person or she's the person to definitely, you know, uh, interact with. And email IDs are also tough for people to understand. Like, what do you think is my email ID, right? My name is Kavan mm-hmm. and my domain is indiefollow.com. It is Kavan at indiefollow.com, right? Similarly, you will be surprised. Like, I mean, you won't, you shouldn't even be surprised. That's the domain structuring people follow because I can't put a complicated email that my own team doesn't remember my email ID, right? <laughs> whoever I am, who the hell I am, or whoever, whichever, however big my company is. So uh, you could use just combinations of Kavan Dal Antani, Kavan Antani, Kavan A, uh, Antani Kavan, Antani K. Those there are like about a dozen uh, or lesser than that, and it is one of them. Trust me, it is one of them. So you could definitely utilize that. There are tools like Hunter, who help you even verify the email IDs. Like if you put in the options, it'll tell you which email ID don't bounce back. Oh, so wow. probably that is the one which is good. Yeah. So you could even try that. I have heard folks uh, who I had a colleague who's told me recently that they have dummy accounts also and they mail everybody like a uh, uh, something and whichever bounces back, they also utilize that. But Hunter is something I'd recommend. I use it. It has a free plan too for a few email IDs. Hunter, Hunter.io. So you could even use that uh, to you know qualify that. So I think lead generation for me is one of the easiest things you need to do. I think the tough part comes when you pick up that, you have that first talk and you address that person and even tougher is once they give you the money and you deliver so much that they were like, no, I want to hire you again. Mm-hmm. Or hey, I want to tell you, tell my friend about you. That is the toughest part. And that is what you should ace. Because uh, as, a, as a freelancer, um, always try to get the a current client give you more work than you trying to you know dig a well every time you're thirsty. You should try and build somebody or try and uh, maintain relationship with somebody who you know can give you constant work. There always should be a preference. Like that should be a first line. Mm-hmm. Don't go to, I mean, you could do like a, a cheap job, quick job uh, over a weekend. That's fine. Uh, if that's, if it's that small, or if you're really like putting your head down and working for a, for a few weeks or more, try to find a client who you know will come back to you again. Otherwise you may be, you know, working very hard. And because you're like doing your execution, you may not be able to find more leads. And then, then you'll have a dry spell between two gigs. So that's how you can, you know, kind of minimize that. I love the the way you structured it so fluently. And I think if somebody follows these steps, clearly they will be able to generate leads for sure. But the, awesome. the, the thing that comes after this is the money and financial aspect of it, of course. And there is this, you know, sense that goes on in India that, hey, the clients in India don't pay. You need to search abroad. Do you think that is still the case in your experience having interacted with so many companies? Uh, 
uh, i don't i mean it's a very shallow statement to say that clients don't pay in india of course they pay um <clears throat> i mean we've got design agencies today who charge like a million dollars man to do like a redesign and companies are paying them that much mm-hmm. money i think it's about identifying it but i can't deny that the west is a much better market if you're able to you know maintain a international clientele you'll always see that for lesser efforts you'll get more more higher value uh, that that will happen and uh, you can't really point fingers uh, to indian clients generally for that because there is certain way in which prices are determined right with the right. standard of living and uh, so it's never it will probably never compete that um so i think focus on international if you can do it it's it's, its own art but if you can do it good like good for you and i think that's definitely a very lucrative area to look at but no yaar i think um, the whole the, the 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 there are a lot of educated uh, customers which have come up the internet and the startup boom have led to a lot of folks who value um design a lot right that's true uh, they really value it they understand that that is what brings a differentiator while uber and ola basically do the same thing zomato and swiggy basically do the same thing why would you prefer one of them relies heavily on what um, uh, what creative professionals do for those brands i wouldn't say they are the reason of course uh, but they are a very important part out there so design cause this cause the differentiation and if you find those companies earlier on right you'll figure it out um, another uh, cool set of companies is uh, global companies who have indian uh, you know uh, 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 this things also indian uh, subsidiaries or they have an in india office mm-hmm. those guys also work somewhat on a global uh, you know budget and that's why they will have a little bit more budget to spend essentially um and um, i think um, um you you you'd always have to you have to understand when you're talking to a client if you're talking to me 7 or 6 7 years ago i'll be like you know what's good quality for me whatever happens fast and cheap i know i am not going to create something substantial so that's my quality uh so you can't change that for me i mean why do i care if you want to make a lakh rupees on those products not my problem right so a lot of people don't qualify the right clients you have to go to somebody who you know for a fact that if i do a good job they'll have a great amount of uh, you know roi through that like if you're creating a promo video for a popular brand who's releasing a new product they definitely want to get it right and they will pay you bro if you do a damn good job mm-hmm. um so that's all about qualifying there and obviously it's tougher to impress those folks than the new entrepreneur who wants it for that part but then that's the work that's the hard work you have to put into your work right to shine out yeah i mean that's a good insight because it's a balanced thing there are obviously clients that don't pay but you need to seek out those people who value the kind of work that you're providing but all this is after you already have high quality work so i think that's the main thing that people need to understand absolutely and you know i don't think it's just the design industry yaar i think generally you know siddharth um, we've always been people who are afraid to speak up right mm-hmm. uh, in a in a corporate office in my boss ne bola hai to abhi main kya karu boss ye bakwas hai aur fir so jao you don't see a lot of that happening let's say in america or europe right dude it's like if you do something bad to me i speak up and embarrass you and the good part is it's a very healthy discussion very often which 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 happens in the corporate world yeah uh while they have their own problems i think i really appreciate that uh everybody is valued there right um and people genuinely even do a damn good job if you value someone they 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 better give their value back and they're very professional right um, uh, they will they they would want to deliver what they say and they would be very 
uh, you know, uh, their conscience will be like, if I'm not doing a good job here, you know what, you should find probably. Uh, I've seen folks having that very nice objective attitude to their work culture. We don't have that here. So we've been jaded by years and years of people just shrugging their shoulders and accepting things. And that's why, you know, it's going to be tough for this to happen. But I'm confident because I've seen some fantastic companies with some fantastic work cultures come up in India. Uh, direct, I like Zeta is someone who I think are fantastic. Um, I've, I've gone to their office and it looks like you're in a Silicon Valley startup, right? Mm. Uh, and um, far more other companies that all these amazing startups who recently come up to really believe in value-driven culture than just being like 9 to 5, right? That's when things become a little... So um, I'm very hopeful. Let me let me end it there. Uh, but it's yeah. not anybody's fault. It's definitely not only designers ko paisa Generally, independent talent or any outsourcing, you will see a issue here because of just the way our mentality has been, unfortunately, uh, in the service industry. Um, as a platform, then how how do you think we can tackle that? I mean, you obviously have a very vast reach through social media as well as through the presence in the industry. How can you positively impact that? Well, I really believe that, uh, I mean, <clears throat> client education is something we do every time I talk to a potential client who wants to hire a designer or anytime anybody from our team does, mm-hmm. we're educating them to a certain extent. So that's happening. Okay. Uh, we are soon creating content for that new product I was talking about, which will help them. But that's a tougher one year. Um, being very honest with you, creative professionals have to be much better. They have to become like, I treat every freelancer as a business, right? You have that capability. You can shoot off into a studio or an agency, right? Uh, three years from now, if you have that intent, of course, if you want to do that. And if, 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 if uh, and because the market will help you reach there very easily. Um, so, um, I'm sorry, I, I forgot, uh, what was the uh-huh. initial, uh, no, I, I was just curious. I mean, I, as a platform. As part of oh, the as portfolio, you know, how can you I'm impact that? Yeah, yeah. So I think we always have, so we always have focused on uh, designers and creative professionals first. Because if you know how to find the right client, uh, things will be far easier for you. Even we don't say yes to everybody. Right. Right. Because we know that that's going to be, like, it's not going to be helpful. Uh, to anybody, be it the client, because they're always going to be unhappy. Uh, the designer who probably is in an uncomfortable spot and us for various economic reasons, business reasons is generally value uh, the impact we're creating with these smaller people or just people who really don't care about uh, doing the design execution. So uh, my, 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 my assumption is, or my, my, my lookout here is that my outlook here is that it has to be the creative professionals who get much better at qualifying clients, educating clients, and uh, executing projects too. Uh, I have personally seen some expert marketeers having ridiculous uh, interactions with designers. Designers have not asked them the right questions. They have not gotten a proper briefing. They have sent a final version to them saying, this is what you want, right? And it's been a huge issue out of that. So I think there's a, I think that's also a problem. Uh, if you're someone who's professional, who delivers well, who puts everything on email, makes the client accountable and do your paperwork. And right? if you do all of this, uh, very few of them will be able to, you know, screw you over. Um, and uh, if you maintain that professional outlook, I, I don't think you'll have an issue. If all of this is a hassle, by the way, you should definitely, you know, uh, <laughs> do projects with ND folio because we take care of all the compliance and billing because I know it can be annoying for, for designers. So we do do that. 
but generally speaking it's good for you to get into that practice of running your own freelance business very well right how do i do my numbers how do i do my taxes how do yeah. i do my accounting how can i can i what points in a contract do i need to be aware of when it comes to it to cancellation to feedback times etc i think these things you have to step out of your comfort zone and be damn good at that because if you are someone who executes really good quality and at the same point in time do this well definitely you know you'll have a huge edge over everybody else uh, in the market perfectly summed up dude i think as we are at the one hour mark the last topic topic that we wanted to discuss was the nft entry that you've gone into yeah and i think just yesterday you announced it so let's just dive into that what what's happening sure man i think um, you know um, i've personally been very excited about nfts mm-hmm. while um, they can they, it does seem like a bubble it could be a bubble um the form the, the whole logic of the nft and the value at a broader level it brings to the table is 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 not going to go in my opinion i could be wrong uh but I, i've got i've been very excited by that mm-hmm. and uh, um during this time uh, you know i i i have a friend ronak who um just invited me over to for a chat to talk about this project he and a bunch of his friends are working on um uh, and it was fable we in fact started out to uh, build an interactive game uh, which would lead to donations for underprivileged children while making that we you know the whole whole pandemic uh, reached its peak in india and that's why because we were collecting any which is donations we were like hey let's be quick and let's try to get as much money as we can to um you know uh, uh, donated to crypto relief which is uh, created to support uh, covid relief initiatives so that's how it came up and uh, we launched it yesterday uh, we are all volunteers here and uh, super super grateful and thankful to the fantastic designers we have i think we've got nine people wow. um and uh, i absolutely love their work and those nine of them have created uh, a bunch of uh, dropped a bunch of nfts on arcane and open sea these are two marketplaces uh you can go to the fable.io and uh, so on that you will find these necessary links and these artworks so every time you buy an nft you need to obviously set up a crypto account if you don't have one get on get on metamask get on wazirx or binance and if you have some you know ether or some matic you can actually spend that money uh, spend that crypto uh, acquire an nft and all the proceeds will be uh, given to crypto relief uh which is uh you know which is which has been led by the founders of polygon a, a very established uh, you know organization out there it's even gotten i think if i'm not wrong uh contribution from the founder of ether also ethereum oh, wow. so uh it's quite legit and a lot of people are pouring in to help uh you know uh, uh this so if you genuinely want to own some nfts and uh, the costs are a little high for you because you may not be a ace out there this is a good way for you to actually own something and even give back and experiment uh because i think it's starting at like 0.0 for ether that's like something around 100 if i'm not wrong uh so that's a much lower fee and you can actually use this money uh, own something and give it back to the community and uh, uh i sorry give it back to uh, you know the nation and it will really help us uh, do a lot more uh being very honest with you we are more focused on gathering this through the initiative which is creating this nft platform but all the work has been happening by the fantastic folks at crypto relief for actually taking in money from various sources like us there are a very very small part of all the contributors they have and then they have a huge plan to actually work with the government and get a lot of things done because you know accepting crypto is also yeah. a little bit of a question um 
so they are figuring various ways or i mean at the end of the day you can always exchange it uh, on a marketplace and you know get get the money that that may happen but uh, they are looking at some interesting ways and trying to focus on getting more beds more oxygen and uh, yeah i mean i really hope that this podcast uh, you know excites a few folks to maybe go ahead and uh, even buy one or two and uh, yeah it'll just be really helpful and uh, uh, look look forward to any <laughs> any navy donations coming uh, from your audience pool yeah but yeah thanks for letting me give a shout out i that once again that's the fables.io uh, check it out that's great i mean um firstly connecting artists with the business side of people of the crypto world is a very important aspect that you guys are dealing with because not every artist is tech savvy enough or crypto aware enough to be able to get into the nft space i am also just following it from the outside i haven't had the time to actually mint something yet but just observing it you know there are quite a lot of technicalities that go into it so it's great that you guys are doing the job of bridging that and of course donating to the crypto relief is a, i mean to the covid relief is a great thing alongside that I had a look at the artworks in fact yesterday night and I think it's a very unique style that's been developed and the cool thing is that so many different artists are coming together to follow a holistic style across the board which creates Correct. a very good collection and collections are quite important in the NFT space I feel. Correct. So exactly. How did you go about selecting these artists I think where did you find them? Well uh, you know in this case uh, as you can see was For me personally, leading this, this is not like an indie folio initiative at this okay. stage, right? It's a lot of us individuals, entrepreneurs coming together who are enthusiasts and experts in this space to do something because we're all just very curious. Um, so I was in charge of uh, getting designers on board, of course. <laughs> so um, I honestly put it on my uh, personal and social media handles and uh, got a lot of people to show interest. This is a complete uh, volunteer-driven, you know, initiative. So it's you have to volunteer. um there are nobody's and making any money so whoever said yes whoever was willing to really put their head down and just contribute to us we said yes to okay so uh, at at any at, at various levels i think i don't think there was any curation done i don't think i rejected anybody um i am happy that you know my personal network also reaches some really fantastic talented folks uh and even you know we i don't think we gave any feedback other than hygiene feedback like file size etc okay. for these folks because it is your nft you're just you are actually pledging your uh, potential uh you know income as the covid relief because you worked hard it's your nft and somebody's going to buy it um we've just obviously facilitated that um but um, yeah i mean uh, i don't think there was any 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 model there yeah okay um going forward is this something that you're going to be continuing and developing further collections beyond this first one we don't know yet honestly mm-hmm. speaking um i think we hope we don't have to do this again for covid right like that's the aim definitely uh, hopefully things get better um like 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 i said this was an experiment to see what happens and all of these things are possible i think independently you'll see a lot more things happen like you know ronak doing independently something around this crypto area maybe somebody else doing something maybe me um but as the fables we are still going to see what happens okay uh like i said the whole plan was to get more any 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 kind of money is for uh, you know even if it is like a few thousands to a few lakhs right uh, for uh, uh, for the covid relief initiative and um, uh, once we do that i think I don't know as of now I don't have an answer for you if we'll be making something new on the fables okay let's see 
fair enough that's that's i think because it's still undecided so there's not much you can comment on that that's true mm, okay just one last thing to close up the discussion is there any future possibilities of the nft world colliding with indie folio as an organization um i think uh, as an organization we love to see how it matures because mm-hmm. uh, i think uh, we also believe there's a lot there's a lot of value on getting it right than getting it first right getting there first uh, we don't want to be those people who run there right uh, we genuinely want to see how this pans out for the creative community generally and just for the business world generally uh, but if it does 100% right we'll be out there uh, like you know even on a smaller scale we partnered with uh, unreal recently oh, wow. uh, epic okay. game uh, and not on nft at all but it, it, it's their meta human project which has come out and uh, they really want to do something around that i really feel that's like bleeding edge tech right for Absolutely. the animators and the folks there yeah. so we are a part of that conversation so when something like that does come up in the nft domain i'm very very confident that we would be a part of the conversation if we have our own marketplace it's some it's too too early around for me to even think about actually even think about right right <laughs> because um, it's it's more of a gamble and we are not really we're not sitting on a ton of crypto right now it's not like um it makes strategic sense for us so let's see okay that's interesting i mean the future holds interesting possibilities that's yeah. for sure because you mentioned this that i'd love to uh, because i'm talking to you because i have the opportunity to talk to your audience we are actually focusing on on demand talent a lot in the independent talent mm-hmm. the world's very interestingly moved into you know a working with remote talent uh, that entire notion of are office mein chahiye otherwise kaam nahi hoga is reduced drastically absolutely a lot of independent people also are like no i want to do things myself and i could be wrong but i have seen some of the brightest talent become independent eventually so you know the whole world's moving in a way where more and more adoption of independent talent will happen and we are actually creating something on that how can i help an independent freelancer uh you know uh, get quality projects and run their business very efficiently so if anybody out there is freelancing especially in the creative domain especially uh, you know in ui ux design 3d motion graphics i I'd, i'd love to talk to you guys and see how we can help i'd love to understand what your core problems are and see what we could do uh because i think generally india is a huge uh hub of outsourcing for the world uh and uh, i think we are very good with when it comes to even design and creative uh when I, i'm very proud of whenever we see our ig to our indifolio platform the amount of excellence you see right mm-hmm. on of of portfolios i think it it gives me a, a lot of confidence that the world will soon be looking at these four people as well it's not just going to be outsourcing and tech it's also going to be design Absolutely. so we really want to ride that wave it's going to be a long wave it's going to go on for a couple of years um So yeah, if you're a freelancer, I'd love to chat with you, and I'd love to see how I can help. Oh, I hope some people do get in touch with you because uh, you've been quite transparent about the way you think and the way you want to approach business and design in the future. So appreciate the transparency quite a bit. And just on the note so, of the kind of work and the quality of work that's been coming up, I know your Instagram handle of Indiefolio is quite active, and they are constantly sharing a lot of work. I'm personally I'm really really happy about that because I get to know different artists from different domains and just come across different portfolios randomly so I think that's a good thing that you guys are so social media active and kind of building that community Awesome thanks a lot it's always been a big focus for us we do work quite hard to get it right um, there is Isha from the team who handles all of social right now 
and uh, yeah we we yeah, we all have are very passionate about uh, and we uh, we happen to believe we've got a good taste also to figure out who's some really good folks out there and really try and give them a you know a platform to to them like from whatever small capacity we can so yeah thanks thanks i'm happy you enjoyed that's awesome well kavan thanks a lot for your time this was a really fun conversation learned so many new things about the inner workings of a business like yours so really appreciate that thanks so much it was a pleasure i think the hour easily went away mm-hmm. uh, i also i think that's a good validation to how how uh, how interesting this was for me too and thank you for having me and yeah, i look forward to uh, many more podcasts uh, you know as part of this series absolutely well then uh, have a great week ahead let's stay in touch down the line and maybe we'll collaborate sometime take care so thank you <laughs>